I'm sales team turnaround specialist, Jeremy DeMerchant. And each week I bring sales leaders like you, experts and insights that will help you level up your leadership, motivate like a master, and ultimately crush your comp plan. If it's time to raise the bar on your team's performance, then it's time for Sales Team Rescue. Live, welcome, welcome, welcome to episode nine of Sales Team Rescue. I am your host, Jeremy Demerchant. And first of all, those of you watching live, I apologize for the delay. We are officially 30 minutes behind the schedule due to a little technical issue, but we are here nonetheless, ninth week in a row, because we are committed to making sure you have the resources you need to grow and scale your sales teams. Now, Today in episode nine, I have a special guest today, and let me switch the fancy little name stuff here. Boom. Okay, guys. Today we have Kemi Furland. Kemi, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, Kemi is the founder and CEO of Client Attract Marketing, uh, which is a company that specializes in leveraging digital marketing to generate quality leads for service-based businesses in the health and wellness industry. Now, prior to launching her business in 2018, she completed her degree in psychology from Queen's University and went on to represent over 60 world-class brands, including Lexus, Audi, Panasonic, Nespresso, McDonald's, Square, and even Lego as a brand ambassador and team lead. Now, Kimmy has also been quoted multiple times in publications throughout the marketing industry, demonstrating her knowledge and expertise. Kimmy, welcome. Thank you for being here. And you know, today's going to be an interesting show because normally um, I'm bringing on people that are currently running sales teams or them. There's something uh, specific that they're doing in a sales team now that we can share. But for you, it's a little bit different because your background um, in the brand ambassador space uh, is one that I think gives us a different perspective on what we can do for sales teams. So before we dive into that, um, and I know I, you know, give a lot of information in the intro, but tell us a little bit about um, what brought you to the point now where you're running your own digital marketing agency um, and what component that brand ambassador and, and representing uh, those uh, those brands played in you being able to make that move? Absolutely. So as a brand ambassador, uh, you're hired by these large corporations to basically be the face of the brand. Um, and it's very important to, you know, give key messages and you're you're what people think of when they think of that brand. And I absolutely love working in that industry. And what I realized is that I have a very strong passion for leadership, but also for smaller businesses. Um, and so after working in that space for a little bit, um, I decided it made sense to start my own company um, where I'm working with smaller companies um, to help them drive their marketing, their sales. So I, I know that we've had this conversation uh, multiple times, um, but a few times you had talked about how part of the, the driving force was being in the level of the playing field. Because I know now, um, although your core business is digital marketing and generating those leads online, um, another part of it is actually helping put together, in some cases, some brand ambassador teams for, for clients. And although it's not the, the, the leading part of your business, it's definitely one um, that I've seen you uh, use to, in, in, in your words, um, level the playing field for small businesses, right? We see these big brands like, um, I don't know if Telus was in the list, but Telus and Audi and Lexus and um, these ones that, that you've all, that you've been a part of, 
leveraging this brand ambassador strategy, whether it's a boot set up at an event or a more proactive campaign where you go, you know, like government one, I know you went all over the country um, trying to share this message. This is what big brands and even governments can do. And this is something that is really tough for small businesses at that scale because large businesses invest a lot of money and like millions, right? We're talking. And I, I think that this is a really great way that smaller businesses can use some of those big business strategies, but do it in a way that's not going to break the bank for, for a business that's been around for a few years. Right. I mean, I know the strategy might not be one for someone that's just fresh out of the gate day one, because you know, it's an investment. You've got a team of people there. Um, There's training and these things. Um, And I want to dig into that, but I love the idea of allowing that piece to become more accessible to the the ever small business owner. So I think that's great. So if we go back to when you were running uh, the, the larger teams, and I think I saw that you ran teams as big as 15 people at one point. Yeah, um, it's, it really varies. And so depending on the company that you, that I was representing, depending on the contract. So a lot of these are very short term. Um, you know, we're talking like, you know, maybe three days of work or maybe it's a week. Um, the teams can vary. Um, sometimes it's you and another person, but often it's a bit bigger, maybe five. Um, and I have had teams, uh, 12 to 15 people. And as a team leader for that, it's really, really important to, you know, to lead by example and to really motivate the team, um, based on your experience in that industry and your experience and of, you know, being outgoing and, and really communicating with clients. I mean, that style of marketing really is, it is face to face. You're there in person. And you're the person that other people walking by. So it can be a trade show. It could be a sporting event. Um, it could be, we call them activations. So essentially it could be in a mall where you're representing a company and you have a little activity that you get them to do. Um, you know, being able to, to engage with them is really important. So then as a team leader for that, um, making sure that everybody's feeling like they know what they're doing and they're excited and they're outgoing and they're really engaging with so, and that, that brings up an interesting point. So in traditional sales teams, we've got a team of whether it's three people or 30 people. Um, and there's a relationship that can be built, a team dynamic that can be developed. But in what you're talking about, you might have somebody like a group of people who have never worked together ever, and they're coming together for a day or two or three or four or five, and they may never work, work together. Uh, yeah, they may never work together again. What does that do to the dynamic? Like what, what challenges have you seen with um, in that scenario? Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes I have, you know, a, a team of people and some of them, you know, are experienced. They've represented lots of companies. Sometimes you have people that have, it's their first time representing this particular brand. So they're not as comfortable, they're not as comfortable with the material. Um, but yeah, the short term aspect of these contracts, when a leadership position, it's really important to, make sure that everyone is on the same page, um, you know, and, and getting to know each other. The people that tend to be, to work as brand ambassadors tend to be quite outgoing because of the nature of the work that, that, that we did. But um, it's still really important to, to make it a team, even if it is only for a short period of time. Hmm. Gotcha. So when you uh, are leading these teams, do you normally have a, that, like, Previously, I know in your business, obviously, you choose your teams now if you want to bring them on for clients. Um, but in the past, did you have any say in, in hiring or were you just given the team because the, 
the larger company was the one that chose them? Well, in some cases, yeah, in some cases, the uh, the client actually wants to choose who's coming on board. Uh, it depends. And I was working um, as well with larger marketing companies. And so they had a lot of the say. But um, when, you know, when you're working with somebody as a team leader, you are responsible for providing feedback on performance of your team. And so that does help to inform people who are maybe sitting in a corporate office, you know, um, which people are really doing a good job and which ones need a little more training. And yeah, so it's maybe not immediately that that first hire, but it is about monitoring performance. Gotcha. So, um, and again, to bring it back to sales teams, like uh, KPIs, key performance indicators are really, really vital. And often we look at things like, sales, revenue generated, uh, your conversion rate, things like that. But in the context of brand ambassadors, it's different, right? This is more more of marketing than it is sales, but there's still these KPIs that you you do the judging on and even you're judged on as a team leader. Um, tell me a little bit about that and what they look like. Yeah, absolutely. So there's definitely some key performance indicators that clients and, and larger marketing companies are really interested in. They want to show to the clients, you know, like we're actually doing something. We're not just hiring people to hang out. Um, and so those might be like number of people that you've talked to. Um, so it might be number of free promotional items that you've given away. Um, another, there's sort of a qualitative side and a quantitative side. Um, the other side, I guess it would be comments you know a lot of the reason that these big companies want to have people on the floor representing their brand it's it's not just to communicate key messages but also to receive feedback and what people say to to my team it, it's actually very important so you, know, you might have some negative comments about the brand right or you might have positive comments and um the they're very very interested the clients are very very interested in knowing what those things are and so that's a large part of it too, is, is having that qualitative and the quantitative data that you then compile into your report at the end. So, you know, a part of the role is actually to, to make a report at the end of the shift. And that might be a new report every single day. If you've got a, you know, a two week activation, you're, you might be actually doing a report every day. Um, and then maybe a final report at the end. So there is kind of that other side of it where you have to measure, um, you know, measure the performance of the people it's not based on sales, right? But it is sort of that first step in the sales process, um, which is sort of the exposure. Um, the companies that we're representing are, are well known. So, you know, most people are familiar at least with what they are, but they might not know those like little details. You know, if you're representing, you know, for example, representing uh, like a Volkswagen or a different car company like that, people are going to have lots of questions. Um, and it's really nice to be able to offer them little tidbits and things that they didn't know, right? So as, you know, in a product specialist role or, uh, you know, companies are always going to have sort of a bit of an agenda. They want you to know, they like the clients want, want people walking by, people that we're engaging with. They want them to know certain messages, um, mm-hmm. whether that be, you know, our company is sponsoring this event, we're a proud sponsor, or whether it's, you know, we've just launched this new product. So there's always sort of, sort of some, I guess, some some key messages that are really important to communicate. Gotcha. Now, I'll, I'll be transparent. Um, Kimmy once pulled me into doing one of these activations uh, with her, so I got firsthand experience. Yeah. I won't say who it was for, but um, it was, it was uh, an app. Um, and some of the feedback we got, for example, was some people didn't like that they didn't have service in certain rural areas. 
Yeah. Uh, and so that's, you know, an example of really good feedback that the client would really want because then depending on how many areas they're talking about, they can gauge if they want to expand their service area or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Now you, you talked about uh, the, the core key messages. Yeah. When the training is done for these people. So these ultimately the brand ambassadors are people that are really outgoing, uh, very personable, um, often really bubbly personalities. And so that they get pulled in and then they get trained for a specific campaign or activation. And then they may never work on that activation again. Like it may be, you know, they're going to go on to the next one. Right. So very similar to um, like we had Jim Padilla on in uh, an episode, I think it was episode three. And so he has a team that can go on and can run two or three different campaigns at once their sales reps can. And so the challenge becomes how do you effectively get somebody trained as soon as possible um, to the level that they can step out, represent your brand Mm-hmm. and um, share that message in an authentic way. So in the brand ambassador space, give me an idea of one, how it is typically done. Yeah. Um, but then also as a team lead, what things do you do above and beyond that to make sure you've got that right result? Cause I know a lot of your performance and being able to go back as a team lead a second time, for example, would be per- uh, dependent on your performance and the whole team's performance. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess that, that first part is, you know, the, the larger um, marketing agency typically facilitates the first training. Um, and they're, you know, it's, it's sort of a cut and dry. Like this is, this is our, our background. This is the background of the, the client we're working with. Sort of, it's sort of a, a general training, but there's a one slide on there that's super, super important. And that's the key messages. Um, it's usually about three to five points and they are, they're things that the client really, really wants to communicate. So as I mentioned, maybe it's, it is a, you know, this company is sponsoring the sports team or they want to talk about a feature of a new product or they want to dispel some kind of myth. So they're going to have some kind of, yeah, some kind of little sentence. Now as a brand ambassador, you don't want to just be, you know, wrote like listing them off. It is very important to integrate them into conversation. And I'm sure that, you know, in, in a lot of more traditional sales, that's probably also the case. You know, you, you have certain things that you want to touch on. Um, so as brand ambassadors, that's another thing, right? Being able to uh, to make that flow in the conversation, make being able to touch certain points, but not reading a script, right? You're, you're engaging with people one-on-one mm-hmm. um, or in groups, but you don't have a paper in front of you and you shouldn't. <laughs> if you do, then, you know, you got to work on that. Um, but as a, as a, Leader, what I would do because the training, you know, it might be a few days before, it might be a week before, and and yeah, like you said, like all of these brand ambassadors, they're often juggling a whole bunch of different contracts and might be representing a car company at the same time, and then the next day they have a, an app, and then the next day it's a bank, and then the next day it's alcohol company, and so there's so many things to keep track of, um, especially if you're <laughs> if you're representing two competitors, which often happens. Uh, you know, you got to keep your facts straight. So there's a lot of learning that happens. And so one thing that I, that I will do with a team is to really make sure we get time for a refresher before starting a shift. Um, that might just look like quizzing, you know, quizzing people on, Hey, so asking them a fact about the company, seeing if they know it. Um, you know, the, the role as the brand ambassador leader really is you need to, you need to be the expert in it. And so of course it helps, you know, if you've represented that company before, but sometimes, um, as a brand ambassador leader, you're representing the company and you've, it's actually your first time as well. So making sure that you're really on top of the information um, and, and then just make it like, it's okay if people need help. And I think that's sometimes we're a little bit scared. Like, 
you know, the brand ambassadors come and they, they, they hope nobody asks the questions. Well, mm. they're going to have a whole lot more of a good time if they are really comfortable with the information, if they know the company's history inside out, if they are, you know, they, they know those key messages, they, they know what's important to the company, they're going to have more fun. It's more fun when you feel comfortable. Um, and so that's, you know, I always make sure that, that we start off a little bit earlier and make sure that those everybody's on the same page. And, and of course, it's sometimes fun to do little competitions, right? To, to, to get, get, get people engaged. Like, hey, like you've got a stack of, maybe it's flyers, right? You've got a stack of flyers and you got a stack of flyers. Well, let's see who can hand out the most flyers, you know, the fastest, right? Um, or let's see how many comments you can write down versus how many comments you can write down. Um, so it's fun to, to, you know, keep it interesting. And, and we're there to have a good time, really, because... It, it can get really defeating when, you know, if you're doing something really basic, like handing out flyers, people will say no. A lot of people say no. Um, but we got to keep it fun, right? You've got to remember why we're there. We're there to create a positive experience on behalf of that company. Um, and I think it's interesting because I know like in sales teams, um, it's easy to create competition. It's, you know, you can, you know, it's, it's purely you know, who's getting more sales or who's generating more revenue or whatever it is, or maybe it's dials if you're open on calling. Um, but when you're doing this in a scenario where it's, you know, it's, it's marketing, it's in-person marketing in this brand ambassador context, yeah. I think it's interesting because you don't necessarily have the carrot of the end of the day, you're going to get the biggest payday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, I, I mean, I'm sure there's some scenarios where there's bonuses and things for performance, but for the most part, from, uh, from what I've seen anyway, mm-hmm. it's very much you're there, you get your hourly wage. Um, maybe some perks from, you know, the company representing or something, but in general, that's it. Right. So there's no big payday for being the person that gave out the most gift cards or flyers or whatever. So how do you take someone who might be there? The first, maybe it's the first gig ever. They don't really know what to expect. Um, they jumped in there, maybe a little bit of an introvert and you want to push them to go and, engage that audience whether it's you know at a sports game or at a mall or whatever the scenario is give me an idea of what uh, maybe you haven't been in that situation directly but if you haven't what would you do um to push someone kind of outside their comfort zone a little bit and uh and let them experience that win or that victory so that they can create that momentum yeah well uh first off yeah sometimes there are actually going to be some kind of rewards whether that's like you know the a gift card for the person that, you know, has the most engagements or um, things like that. And then it doesn't always have to be an official thing, right? It can just be a recognition. You know, some people, they, they really appreciate the recognition. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely had that a lot where you have some newer people or some people that are just not as engaged, engaging and they, um, you know, they're, they're shy, like they're not sure what to do. And um I like, I'm a big fan of, of sort of mentoring others, but also co-mentoring. So having, you know, if, if it's a larger team, maybe have like pairing them up with a more experienced person um, and being able to have, to, for them to see, to see it. Cause it's one thing to talk about it. Like, okay, so you're going to be here. You're going to engage with that person. You're going to give them that, but to actually see it and to, to see someone who's experienced engage and see the way that they engage with them, I think is really helpful for people that are new, like just leading by example, I think mm. the biggest thing. Yeah. Gotcha. So that, that brings up another point. I feel like we can keep going through points for the entire day here. Uh, <laughs> mentoring. 
So when someone has a sales team, um, mentoring is often a really, really good uh, practice, a good experience, great results. But a lot of sales teams don't do it. They don't think about it. Or sometimes sales leaders, whether they're managers or directors, have a very uh, creative, an extremely competitive environment where suddenly if you're mentoring somebody, that means you're helping your competition. Um, and I think that can be detrimental. Um, but in this scenario where I, I think that there's obviously an experience level that, that can, that you can pass on and, and help people get up to speed. Is there anything you, you saw specifically in the mentoring situation um, that you think absolutely is a must, whether it's things like, um, Th- things that can apply directly to a sales team. I know we're like, we're both in Toastmasters International as well. So there's mentoring um, in there as well. W- what did you see in the brand ambassador environment that you think uh, could be a message that you can pass through to sales teams in any other scenario? Well, I think that the aspect of cooperation, you know, even in the face of competition is really important. Hmm. Um, there's, you know, because sales, you know, if you're working sort of, I don't want to say you're working against each other, but in a way you're comp- there's a competition sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think trying to shift that mindset to really working as a team, you know, even if there are aspects where you're in competition, I think when everyone works together, do end up having a stronger team. So instead of trying to, you know, hoard, let's say hoard your, your little secrets and things that work really well, like if you're able to share those with the team, um, it, it just lifts everybody up, um, you know, because then they share something and then it lifts you up. So you all end up performing much better. Um, Collaboration over competition, really. Yeah, but it's really counterintuitive in some ways. And I understand, and like I've, I've worked in more traditional sales as well. And I get that it's, it, I understand that, that dynamic of, of feeling like you're competing, but at the same time wanting to be a team player in a way. Um, mm. In the brand ambassador space, it's not, there are some cases where it's a bit of competition, but you do tend to, it tends to be easier to collaborate just because, you know, you're not necessarily paid based on that performance. You're paid based on, okay, you did a really good job. You might get like a little bonus or a little something, but it's really about, okay, does that client want to hire you again? And are you going to come back? And are you going to, you know, move on to a leadership position? Are you going to, get to be able to travel on behalf of companies. You know, I've been a tour manager as well, and I've been able to, uh, to lead teams across Canada. I mean, that's really, you know, I went all the way to the East coast. I visited PEI and Brunswick and it, you know, very cool experience. You know, when you're, when you show that you're trustworthy and that you're there and you're doing the job and you're doing it for the right reasons and you're putting in so much effort, like you can do other things cooler things where it requires more trust of you, right? There's like, there are, you know, and some people transition from that and actually go to work in larger, um, larger marketing agencies. Um, so there, it really opens up your career opportunities. So especially if you're just starting out, like fresh out of school or you're transitioning, this can be, it can be a really good way of getting some experience and different and learning about different industries, um, I worked a contract, well, now a few years ago, but the client actually 
was very, very interested in me actually wanting, they wanted me to actually work for the company, you know? So there's, mm. there's other, yeah. I mean, trying, trying to bypass the, the, con- <laughs> the contract, yeah. in a different role, right? Okay. Not, not, they weren't trying to poach me, but they had other roles in the company and they're actually trying to say, like they wanted to see if I was interested, you know, they, you get to meet people who are, you know, who, who are influencers in that company. And so, you know, the clients, they, they just want what's best for, for the company. And so if they see somebody and they're doing an amazing job representing the company, they believe that you really believe in that company, right? It opens up so many opportunities and I've been able to explore so many different, and I mean, I'm sure with traditional sales or anything like that, you're, you're being exposed to so many different things and the learning curve is you have to learn quickly. You have to be able to adapt. You like, you have to know how to take information and how to embody it and become it. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think um, that that's a huge point that you've got the opportunity. Not only do you need to you make a lot of connections and you need to learn things very quickly, um, but when you can really stand out, when you show up, and I talk a lot about this to the teams that I'm running, when you show up, like you're all in, you're fully engaged, people notice. Yeah. Right? And then there's opportunities for, for whether it's promotion within the company or whatever the other opportunities might be. I think it's huge. Awesome. Um, so we're running short on time. And before we jump into the lightning round, I want to ask one question, which is, how did this experience segue into your current lead generation business, your digital marketing. So out of school, um, after completing my degree in psychology, I decided, okay, I'm going to, I went, did some stuff abroad a little bit. And then I came back and I I was trying to find some work. And so I stumbled across some of these gigs and it it became a full-time thing. You know, it, it doesn't have to be. And it's guess why it's a great it's a great job to take on, you know, part-time when you're in school, that kind of thing. But I ended up doing it pretty much full-time. And what I learned was that these companies, these large companies, they actually outsource a lot of their marketing. And that made me realize, because I, I didn't study marketing, right? So I didn't really realize that that's a whole industry, right? It really is. There's these companies that exist and they just focus on that one piece. And I think that's, you know... I think that's really cool. So um, when I was doing that, I was able to see the strategies that all these different big marketing companies that work with the world-class clients, I got to see their process for training. I got to see their process for um, like just the, the thought process behind why they're doing things, like what they're trying to get people to see, what they're trying to get the consumer to see. Um, you know, in terms of like the design of things, in terms of who they're choosing. It was very interesting. It was basically like peeking under the hood and being able to understand the industry as a whole. And that really motivated me to want to start my own thing. And I have a huge passion for traveling. And so I realized that I didn't want to be there in person every day, <laughs> you know, even as a team lead or as, as a tour manager. I had to be there physically. Um, and so I figured there's, there's got to be a better way to be able to change and help businesses grow without me having to physically be there, you know, and, and me being paid hourly, right? So there was that part of it is, was, okay, I, I, 
could hire people. I could still have people under me that are, you know, that are working, that are representing companies, but I would still have to be managing them. And so this kind of involved into digital marketing for me and into the lead generation where, you know, there's, don't get me wrong. It's still, it's a lot of work, but I don't have to physically be anywhere. I mean, right now I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in my office, but I could probably be in bed <laughs> doing work, and I shouldn't. but <laughs> you know, there's, there's a whole lot. It, it's a very different dynamic. And I guess that the smaller businesses, they are the ones that really need my help. They're the ones that don't have the multi-million dollar budgets for marketing, but I can use that expertise I've learned and I can apply it to these smaller companies. So, so really what we're saying is if someone watching this is a service-based business in the health and wellness space and they've got the sales side figured out, but they need more leads, mm-hmm. client attract marketing or sorry, clientattract.com. Huh, there it is on the screen. Clientattract.com is the place to go. Uh, now we're going lightning round because I am not missing the lightning round. Okay. So Camille, as we know, coffee's for closers. What is your favorite kind of coffee or comparable drink? So I don't drink coffee. I'm a fan, but I know, and I know you love coffee. Um, hashtag Jeremy loves coffee. <laughs> nice. <laughs> from, um, from the late show with Dave Letterman, this coffee cup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my, my new, new official hosting cup. Go ahead. Sorry. My, my go-to drink is actually lemon water. So I wake up every morning and I have my lemon water. Um, yeah, I've started drinking a little bit of green tea and that seems to be good when I need a little caffeine kick. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. We'll allow it. Uh, what's the number one book or movie that you recommend to sales reps or sales leaders or anybody that is for, from a team perspective or leading a team perspective? Yeah. So I think um, a big part of being a leader is your own personal development. And so my favorite book is The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. Um, it, it really covers both personal but also business sort of development and, and just being able to have the right mindset. Awesome. Awesome. Great book for sure. I almost had a chance to meet Jack. Almost. I was very close. I was helping promote an event that he was going to be speaking at. Um, who is someone you've considered a mentor in your life? Um, I would have to say, I would have to say also Jack Canfield. <laughs> um, but no, I almost said you can't say Jack, but all right, go ahead. But there's oh. several. I mean, uh, I was, a UPW with you in, um, in LA to see Tony Robbins. So definitely, you know, People like Tony Robbins, people, you know, people really big in the personal development space, um, really been really into audiobooks lately. And so those are some of the, you know, you're able to absorb the information from these really, really brilliant people. Yeah. Awesome. Final question. What is the strangest thing you do in your daily routine to stay on your game? <laughs> um, this is going to sound so funny. So I get up in the morning, I get ready, I put on makeup, I, I, one of the things that I do is I, I like to dress up for work, even though I really don't have to. Um, and then I come into my office and I like to take my shoes off. <laughs> you know, I have this pretty outfit and I'm, to- I'm totally not wearing shoes right now. Um, I know that seems a little silly and maybe it's not keeping me on my game, but um, that's just something that I really like to do. And I feel like it helps me because it reminds me to that I can be comfortable and still be professional at the same time. I w- probably wouldn't go to an in-person meeting without without a shoe on and I mean people people in our industry that do a lot of video conferencing it's always the test of like are you going to stand up because sometimes you're wearing like pajama bottoms so <laughs> for me yes I'm going to be wearing the right outfit you know I'm not going to be wearing pajama bottoms but 
um, taking off my shoes, something that helps me keep stay grounded. Awesome. Perfect. All right. Well, Kimmy, thanks so much, guys. Check out Kimmy at Client Attract Marketing at clientattract.com. This has been episode nine of Sales Team Rescue. And to this up here, you can catch this recording and previous episodes of Sales Team Rescue at, wait for it, salesteamrescue.com. Uh, I'm Jeremy DeMerchant, the sales strategist. Remember, get uncomfortable, get results. We will see you next Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Sales Team Rescue. Jeremy out. Peace. (laughs) Thanks for joining me. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com.